But I'm like, for the most part, like them going back and forth and having this conversation of, oh, I want to do everything. Now, I'm sounding pretty negative on the book. And that's not, that's not my intention. <laughs> Welcome to the Productivity Lab, the podcast where you put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting stuff done to the test. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm Mark. And today is episode 55, which if it's divisible by five, as you all know, it means it's a book review. Today we'll be reviewing the book Refuse to Choose by Barbara Scher. But before we get to that, how have you been, Mark? I've been all right. Um, it's kind of been a low period and uh, doing coursework uh, for my copy editing course. Now we're actually doing the copy editing stuff, doing uh, sample edits or light edits, if you will, doing mm-hmm. sample edits. And it's interesting to do to see the things that we decide to correct versus mm-hmm. what other editors correct it. Yeah. I'm re-complaining like how subjective it is. It is very. Um, and then uh, like querying in which... You may be familiar with this since I query you whenever I review your stuff. Yeah. Those are the questions, right? Um, So sometimes like an editor, copy editor will make the mechanical changes, the outright. These are undisputed mechanical changes. Like you need a comma here, a period here, semicolon. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are undisputed things or like you have a complete outright misspelling or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Then there's the queries where... They are trying to determine from the reader's perspective how to interpret that particular line or sentence or whatever. So then we don't know and we don't know what the author intended. So we query. And so then we'll ask a question or state like earlier you stated this and now you're stating this. Is that correct? Did something change? Was that the intention Um, or is that a mistake or, or whatever? And so the art of querying is interesting because it's like you don't want to query too much and you don't want to query too little. Mm. So it's like, where's the perfect middle? And then how do you actually query? So it's learning all, all of that good stuff, which is fun and interesting and more challenging than I initially thought, which is a good thing. So I've been doing that. Um, I've been working on Project Witch in which we, you know, July was uh, Camp Nano. Mm-hmm. Which I signed up for, but I never actually put in. <laughs> yeah. And it was a half nano for me since I was working on finishing another project. And then I started and I was like, oh, I'm going to write two short stories. But when I was updating the, I finished updating the outline for one. And then when I started updating the outline for Project Witch, it mm-hmm. somehow turned into 10 chapters. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So... I'm writing chapter four right now, so I'm always almost finished with chapter four and uh, be moving on to the next few chapters. So it was a half nano, but I'm still working through and I'll still be going working on that. And that's pretty much what I've been working on it has just been class writing. Um, work has been busy and just uh, trying to keep up with life maintenance, life <laughs> admin work. Can't forget yeah. that. The fun stuff. I just went to the grocery store today. I always hate when I get to the grocery store, but it's needed. I just ordered my groceries. So <laughs> I, I'm always tempted to do that. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't feel like, like there's a lot I feel like doing and I don't feel like going out today, uh, especially get dressed to go to a grocery store. I can cook everything I need at home now. So, you know, I just ordered it. I'll go pick it up in the morning before work. And, uh, you know, thank you for online ordering. Um, mm-hmm. is what I have to say. So that's enough for me. What have you been up to? I've been doing classwork as well, wrapping up my my uh, playwright slash audio drama writing course. I actually just turned in my first draft for a five to ten or five to seven minute scene. I think mine's actually closer to ten minutes long of a prompts that were given. We we all decided our prompts together as a class. Like we all put we all posted our our prompts and then we all voted in which one we wanted to do so that we all like write within like the same aspects. Mm-hmm. And the prompt that we're using is called All the Possibilities. It's about a guy uh, sits next to some woman in a park bench, and then things go different for each story. The one I wrote, I don't know if it will be published. The idea is that the audio drama production course uh, at the community college I'm at, they're going to record these scripts if they're possible to record and edit, which is kind of cool. 
but I don't know if, that, if mine will be put out there or not. I don't know if they do every one, but my, I did do the premise where she's a secret agent from the future who was sent to protect him, but she got the wrong guy and there's actually somebody else who she's supposed to protect. So it'd be a fun thing to do. Like a kind of a, kind of a, uh, farce on the Terminator. Uh, that, so I wrote a story about that. Just turned it in actually right before we started recording. So I turned it in at last minute. Uh, but I'm excited about that. We are going to get feedback there this week and then we have to rewrite it. And then after that, my course will be over, which will be strange because I'm really liking this, but I'm liking oh. it so much. I already bought a, another career writing course through uh, the community college. This is actually prose writing, which is actually what I meant to sign up for before I signed up for this one on accident. But I'm happy I did this one because fulfilled an interest of mine and I like writing dialogue. So that's great. But yeah, that's been mostly it for me. Just wrapped up editing our Dyson doing episode as well last weekend, which was one of our short episodes. So it actually took like 20 minutes to edit. So it was, it was great. Uh, this will not be a short episode. So good luck editing at work. But, uh, yeah. And also I've been slowly working through the book Infinite Jest, which is the most ridiculously long book I've ever read in my life. It's like 700, 800 pages long. I'm like on page 400. I don't know. It's ever going to end. And sometimes I don't want it to end. But mm-hmm. the book is a really weird book, not for everybody. Happy I picked it up, but I go back and forth between like, between going like I want this to end to going like I don't want this to ever end. So uh, it's a I'm liking it a lot. I know that feeling. I had that yeah. feeling when reading The Stand, and that's oh like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's about the stand length, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's about eight. a thousand eleven hundred page book or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, this needs to end, but then I'm like. <laughs> I don't want it to end. I want to stay in the, in the story yeah, in the world. That's why I'm feeling like too. Like that, the author has like a very dry sense of humor, and I really like it. And the the book is inspired by the author's past as a junior league champion tennis player, like in high school, and also it's inspired by his addiction and his time in rehab. So there's two storylines happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. There's one about a rehab center in uh, Boston, and another one about a tennis academy in Boston. It's, it feels like a personal exploration of his life, <laughs> so, uh, but I'm, I'm really liking it. Uh, it's inspired me to write better, so I could give it that credit. But uh, writing is just one of our many interests that we have here at the Productivity Lab. I, for one, am also interested in podcasting. Professionally, I'm an engineer, and I also like things like running and a bunch of other things as well, which is why I decided that we should pick up this book that we uh, read for our review today called Refuse to Choose by Barbara Scher. And it is a, it's a, it's a book. I like it. I mean, I can't say too much right now when we get to the review, but I liked reading it. It's a very engaging book. <laughs> it's <Nope>. a book. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want, I'm not trying to like insult it. I'm just trying to not be spoilerly right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, it was just funny how you said it. <laughs> yeah. It is a book with words on it that are <laughs> written by an author. Uh, it's written by Barbara Scherer. She is a uh, former professional career and life coach. She passed away in 2020 due to, I think, uh, uh, what's the word? Respiratory issues. I don't know if it's COVID related or not. I tried looking it up. Uh, I couldn't find anything, but she did pass away in May 2020. So that does put her within the realm of COVID. I don't know if it was the cause of death or not, or just unfortunate timing, but she was like 84 or 85 when she passed away. So she had a nice long life. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that somebody had to pass away, but, uh, Seen it that she had a pretty good life based on this book, but she's a author of various self help books and a career cult coach consultant. Uh, and uh, what are the ones that she wrote? Wishcraft was her first major seller. She like wrote in the seventies or the eighties, and the book was kind of like on the, I think the same lines. This one it sounds like she talks a lot about and refuses to choose about like how she realized that uh, a lot of people don't want to be specialists. And they have many different interests outside of their profession. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of made a career around this whole thing, that around the term that she calls scanners, which are, I think, now known as multi-potentialites, uh, or classically a renaissance man, a renaissance woman. Mm-hmm. The premise of the book is how people that have many different interests out there can explore their interests without feeling guilty about either not completing them or guilty about having a profession that doesn't really align with their particular interests, but they need to pay the bills. I discovered this book through, I think, as, as I said, the unofficial Discord server, at least for ideas for me, which is the Relay FM Discord server. Uh, the uh, One of our members there, uh, 
She is a huge proponent of this book. She has a lot of interest out there. So like every time that somebody says like, man, I don't know how to do time management for my stuff. She's like, read this book right now. So <laughs> uh, after enough, uh, after seeing her recommend it enough in the Relay Discord server, I was like, you know what, Mark, you and I should check this book out. And I figured that it fits our interests since I know you and I have multiple interests. So I feel like that it was at home with the Productivity Lab. Mm-hmm. So before we get into our review and everything, uh, we could talk about a recap of the book. Uh, the book covers various things like time management techniques, uh, how to plan your day. She talks about these things called a day book, backwards flow charts, planning, and so on and so forth. So I figured we'd uh, do what we typically do for book reviews, Mike, where we just talk about the things that stand out to us in no particular order. And that means things that we either liked or didn't like. So I figured, uh, Mike, what was your overall impression and what stood out to you? Overall impression of the book was... Um a lot larger than it needed to be. That's the impression <laughs> I mean, we get a lot on the show. That's it? the impression we get a lot on this show. Yeah. Th- what that means, and, and this is a disclaimer, that once I, once I saw the structure of the book, I did not read every single word. Okay. Um, All right. I, I scanned through a lot of the Can book. you say you scanned the book? I scanned the book. <laughs> you were a scanner reading about scanners. I was a scanner reading this. I mean, because I'm like, okay, I get the structure of the book and then we get into each new topic and then there's a story, long story about each person or individuals that, you know, she coached or met. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't care about any of this. Like, <laughs> you know, I, this is actually one of the very few self-help books I've read that actually I was like really invested into all these, all really? these people's stories. Like I was the opposite. Like I I was like, I want to know everything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I, okay. I was like, define, help define the thing for me and then define the, the tips or methods that you can use, right. To work best as that particular thing. That's what I was looking for. And so I skimmed the stories. I didn't read every single one, but there were certain lines uh, that stood out in each of the stories that I was skimming. But I'm like, for the most part, like, them going back and forth and having this conversation of, oh, I want to do everything. Now, I'm sounding pretty negative on the book. <laughs> you are. It's like that's not talking my about getting things done, like where I skimmed the book until I can't read it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's not my intention. It's, it's just like I got on that part, I did get pretty annoyed. It was like, yes, it's nice to, to, to have stories. And I think it's good to have stories to illustrate. But I just felt sometimes I'm like, ah, this is a little bit too long. I can skip and I can still pick up what I need from each particular section. I didn't start off with a a pretty good view of the book. No, I get you. I I actually keep on talking. I was actually saying I put I posted something in the Discord server that I think captured my feelings pretty early on. So Uh, so. yeah, early on there was two pieces that I highlighted and starting out with the book. Yeah. One was her uh, idea of going to college, right? And I try not to be insensitive or whatever, but in my in my note, uh, she was talking about uh, college and didn't understand all this the stuff uh, with it, you know, classes and schedules. And I don't remember that section. I guess you I don't. Like that yeah, is <laughs> she like signed up for like literally every class oh, that yeah, she so possibly yeah, yeah, it was could? Yeah, yeah. And then it, and then the section I highlighted was. Uh, where she says college really was a lot harder. And I wrote, is she an idiot? I mean, if you came out of high school, <laughs> you would know that you literally do not have time to complete like 15 classes that you signed up for. Like what? It, <laughs> what is even life? You know, there's a schedule. Are you an idiot <laughs> to just uh, like in the book, there's schedules Anyway, then there was a, a second thing about she signed up for like math, some advanced math classes or whatever. And she, and a quote like, but I found it incredibly hard to learn. And I was like, how would you not know math was difficult? Like you would have some idea. Anyway, so it didn't start off particularly well for me because yeah, I'm like, yeah. there's I mean, I know there are people and even myself at times where I'm like, oh, I, I just have this romanticized idea about something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't think about the, the, the complexities of it or mm-hmm. whatever. And you're just pretty naive. And I'm like, but this takes it a little bit too far, I felt. But mm-hmm. then I got into the book. You know, after that, I was like, the f- <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <Wow>. oh, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> 
but I got into the book. Um, yeah. I, and I'm like, maybe there's a bit of an exaggeration here in the recalling of the story. Yeah. It just didn't quite make sense to me that there would be some, well, maybe there are people that. I mean, to me, it seemed like the, the intro, it seemed like that she was somebody who had a lot of different interests, but she didn't have that many time management techniques and, and ways to prioritize as like most young people don't. And that's like, I think I felt like the good thesis of the book is like I had a lot of interests and I had yes. different ways to like, yes. Like this book goes into time management a lot because that's the and, most important thing in this. And exactly. And, and that is an overall theme with it. Now, that's why I think part like part of the beginning, that, that stuff that I was scoffing at, I think were probably a bit of an exaggeration to, mm-hmm. just to kind of pinpoint that. But you're right. The overall theme is time management and, and structuring mm-hmm. uh, of your day. Now, I wish I had the careers that these everyone else in these in these book and stories seem to have <laughs> to be yeah. able to structure their days like this. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, actually, and we, and we, and we can cross that bridge when we get to some of these later points in which, you know, it's not necessarily wish, wishing that you, there are some stories in which, you know, people have the nine to five, right. Mm-hmm. But they're able to do other things to structure and fit Mm-hmm. to the type of scanner that they are but yeah, i think which she actually gets into as well like she yeah. she, she subclassifies scanners i don't actually have the full list in front of me i yeah i bookmarked each one i have them all open if we want to list the type of scanners uh but yeah i i think this book that's part of the central theme right it not only de- determining the type of scanner or the the type of uh, a way structure in which you like to do things mm-hmm. and really, really, really helping people understand that. And that's what I loved yeah. most about it is that it was helping people understand. The the person who recommends this book a lot on the Discord server, she says that she comes from a background of like specialists where she felt like that she felt like she was an oddball mm-hmm. uh, amongst her peers or and like, you know, teachers and all that stuff going up. Like you got to pick a career by the age of 20 or 18 yeah. and you got to stick with it. And she was always at odds of that. And she read this book and she's like, Holy crap! There's nothing wrong with me. Like, right. I'm allowed to have all these interests. Yeah, which is interesting to hear that from her because I always grew up with a, with a dad who always had multiple interests outside of work. So mm. for me, it was always natural to have like three different projects you're working on outside of your job. Uh, so it was really interesting to hear her, her perspective, and I think this book definitely helps uh, reinforce the fact that it's okay to have many different interests, and you shouldn't uh, feel like that you are not accomplishing them enough, or you are having problems with focusing on one thing because it's really hard to focus on one thing as a specialty. Uh, she actually yeah. has a term for specialists that have a deep dive into their subjects called divers, which I actually, when I got to that part, I wrote down in my notes, this is the anti Cal Newport book since Cal Newport <laughs> is a, he's a favorite author of mine. I have issues with him, but he's still a great writer, but he's like a hyper specialist kind of guy, which I find very ironic since he's both a successful computer scientist and also a successful author. But so by by definition, he's not a true specialist. He's um, uh, he has two fields he's very specialized in at least. But mm-hmm. uh, in his book, he had a book called uh, "So Good They Can't Ignore You," which is all about doubling down on your strengths and uh, not to say ignoring your passions, but. Uh, his argument for the book is that strengths and passions are two different things, which yeah. I think is uh, a good point. I mean, I could say from my experience, my strengths are math and science, but every doing them every day kind of makes them boring. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this book is the opposite of that, where where she's like, you should invest as much time as you can into each thing that you want to invest in, and uh, have your specializations be a part of your this is actually i think the part that really stood out to me have your specializations be a part of your good enough job which is just yes. a job you have which actually reading that i keep on telling myself over and over again like it's like i have a good enough job it shouldn't be your life actually i haven't i don't even want work to be my life ever and because i value my hobbies too much so mm-hmm. but i always like beat myself up as like like i could do something more but i was like no like i'd probably feel less fulfilled if i had like a very engaging job that I never uh, had a chance to do things like podcast or writing. I probably feel even less fulfilled. So she talks a lot about having a good enough job and it was really good to hear about that. Although I yeah. knew, I knew intuitively about it and I've known about it for years. It's good to see it reinforced. And that, that's like where I guess like that's where Cal Newport and her would disagree. Cal Newport would be like, no, you shouldn't have a good enough job. You should have your job. You're a hyper specialist and that people can't ignore you in. Mm-hmm. And, She'd be like, no, like that's not everybody wants. So 
Uh, I would love to see them debate each other. That would be something I'd like to see. But unfortunately, Barbara passed away a year and like a year and two, two or three months ago. And, but I'd love to see them debate. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, but she goes into various techniques as well. Uh, the most prominent one in the book is what she calls her day book, which is basically a journal you carry with you, carry with you everywhere. Mm-hmm. Where you, this was written in a pre-smartphone era. So I think nowadays she say use your use your note app on your phone or something, but the uh, day book is a journal you carry with you everywhere, kind of like Da Vinci's journal, so to speak, where you like write down ideas, sketch out plans, make yeah. flow charts, and so on. Uh, she talks about bringing that with you because sometimes the joy isn't necessary doing the project; it's just exploring the idea itself before you oh, move yeah. forward with it. Which I think yeah. was actually a really good point because you get excited by an idea. You start and you start writing up on it, and you're like, okay, well, I get excited about this, and I get some interest in this, but it's not really worth my complete time. But I have now saved for my future self if I want to go back and try this thing out again, mm-hmm. or you can use the day book, the day book to start and plan out our projects. It's just basically a catch-all journal for everything in your life, which yeah. I thought that was a really good idea, and I think uh, no, we talked about this later, but. We might explore it in the Project A Lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking at my note and I highlighted the very first line of the Scanner Daybook uh, section where it says, this is simply a blank book devoted to what you do each day. And I wrote TPL challenge, question mark. And I really love this. section. I love the idea of giving yourself the freedom to sit and explore everything that you're thinking mm. Uh, with it and just going into as much detail as you can. I, I truly love that. Like I got really excited at that part mm-hmm. of the book yeah. and I just like dusted off my book and looked at it. I was like, all right, I get to write <laughs> some, you know, some stuff in there because there's, you know, out, well, yeah, as we know, there's multiple things that we're interested in. I'm interested in a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. I love to have yeah. the time to go into it. Same. But, you know, to be able to kind of do some mini explorations, with it and let your mind wander and then you can probably come back to it at any point you know i didn't i hadn't thought of doing it that way in which i really like so i really like the idea or that section and it kind of made me want to read i actually haven't read them yet but i have copies uh a printed published copies of uh, da vinci's notebooks Oh, that sounds so cool i read his biography by walter isaacson how you recommend mm-hmm. to anybody he talks about the notebooks a lot in there yeah yeah, um, I have uh, copies uh, of those uh, three of them, and I should really, I should really read them. And that chapter made me want to read them. That's very cool. Yeah, and she also goes into I think one of the most pragmatic advice in this book. Uh, shortly after that, which is or I'm not sure about shortly, but it's something that section where uh, talk about like you write down on all these ideas and you're like, okay, I really want to try out this project, but you don't know where to begin. And I think this is a very intuitive thing. That I don't even think about that often. Mm-hmm. Which is she recommends creating a reverse or backwards flowchart is what she calls yes. it. Yes. Which I think is a really cool idea where you yeah. pretty much write down your angle and then you make a flowchart going backwards. So like say we talk about writing a lot in this podcast. So I say publish a book. So you then write the step right before that, which is like find a publisher. And the step right before that, which is edit a novel, and the step right before that is write the second draft of the novel. Step before that, write the first chapter of the novel. Step before that, write the first chapter. <laughs> like uh, it's just like a way of like working backwards that way because if you plan forward sometimes it could feel like it's branching out too much yeah and sometimes branching out is there because there's multiple ways to get to a goal but and there's multiple angles you could have but knowing exactly what your goal is and then having that in mind and working backwards can narrow it down and I think that's a brilliant way of just getting started and of course break it down into smaller tasks as well yeah. And she also talks about having a calendar very handy, which is very getting things done of her, uh, which uh, she's like, your calendar is like your best friend with all these projects, like set deadlines on it, sets, and I guess she doesn't talk about time blocking, but if it was a modern, if she wrote this in a more modern era, did she, well, I think this published in like 2007 or so, did she talk about time blocking? A, a bit, a bit, okay. if we if we get to the point of talking about the different types of scanners oh, yeah, and yeah, how yeah, they yeah, can yeah, work. Sorry, yeah, 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 she just talked about that then. Yeah, things like time blocking as well, or just like a general mm-hmm. task list or weekly goals. Uh, basically, things that you could read in a bunch of all these are novel, not novels. All these are self help books we've been reviewing in the show. Yeah, but this is like more of a a way of like getting yourself started. It's a good primer for that because like you're like, okay, now I know what I want to do. 
or what kind of person I am and what kind of what kind of productivity books I want to read after this. Yeah, I thought that was a really a really good intuitive way of getting things done. And I would like to try that out on the show sometime as well. So thinking about it when I do my yearly planning, I think that's what I do because I start okay. with what I want to complete. And then I have to break it down over the quarters, month, and then week by week of what I need to do okay. uh, to reach that. that I hadn't sense, thought yeah. about it that way until you like you explain. And when I was reading it, I didn't think of me doing that. And then it wasn't until you were talking about it. I was like, wait a minute. I think I do my yearly plan, my annual planning like that. I start with the <laughs> what I will like to accomplish. And then I just work backwards to see what I need to do to get that. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, saying that I, she may have also mentioned too, when she gets into the different kinds of scanners is like saying we talked about in the show before, which is themed days would be great if you have multiple interests. So mm-hmm. like if your interests are like, say, uh, I'd say woodworking and poetry, you could plan it out like where Tuesdays are woodworking days, Thursdays are work- woodworking days, and Monday and Wednesdays are poetry days. And theme days are really good at balancing those out. That's what I was doing for a while. I was doing every other day was a programming day and every other day was a writing day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've doubled down on the writing interest for the time being. But yeah. it was a great way to juggle my time without feeling guilty about it. Oh, yeah. And it's slightly shifted for me. Um, I probably should update what my theme days look like. But if you guys listening would like to uh, hear more about the detail of that, we do have a theme days uh, or daily themes yeah. uh, episode. Yep. So we'll link to that in the mm-hmm. show notes as well. Uh, one thing that I think she that really resonated with me. In this book was uh, the idea of a panicked scanner, <laughs> which is somebody who has like so many different ideas and they feel like they have so little time. It's like, oh my God, that's telling me. I actually, I got, I'm going to call it right now, scanner angst earlier this week, mm-hmm. where I was like, I have too many things I need to do. There's too many things I want to do. Not enough time. I also have like personal rules where I can't sacrifice my health and that means sleeping well. I, I, I'm tempted to wake up at 6 a.m. again and start working on things. I'm like, no. No, <laughs> so like my number one, my cornerstone thing I will never move is never cut into health time. So that means I have to dedicate to myself to working five, uh, working out five days a week. Luckily, I like working out. Uh, I have to dedicate myself to sleeping without an alarm, getting up sleep every day. Like that is my number one thing I will never, I will never uh, squander on. And mm-hmm. so uh, I've been feeling a lot of scanner panic lately. And <laughs> she, uh, let's see, I wrote down some brief notes of how she said I could deal with it. Uh, I also, okay, this is a, a side note to this, but uh, this is actually saying I think that's healthy for me, probably not for everybody, but I installed a widget on my phone that is a project management widget with a progress bar on it. And I set start date, my birthday and birth year, the end date, my accepted death date, <laughs> so, based on the U.S. <laughs> census data. <laughs> For non-smokers, moderate drinkers, uh, men. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I now have that on my phone, and I <laughs> and I didn't put it on my home screen, but it's there if I want to check it out. So, uh, anyways, though, uh, she said that the reasons why people uh, become panic scares are because they either fear critics, creating too many ambitious projects, which is definitely me, not feeling entitled to do what you want. Uh, you think that you're the problem being pulled into too many directions, which is definitely me. And then, and, and also, uh, oh yeah, I said fan critics. Yeah. Those are the reasons to be panic scares. And she says how to deal with it. And my four quick notes I took on it is that, uh, don't be afraid of failure. Uh, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Shrink the size of the projects down to saying that's more manageable, which I think is a great idea. Something I'm really bad at doing and then focus on doing things that you love. She also mentions on here as well, which is after the section, which is don't feel guilty for quitting a project because sometimes you might quit a project because you got everything you needed out of it. As yes. I think that there, like as a as somebody who put on my year, my yearly theme is and probably not so much anymore was the year of finishing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realized that that list of things I wanted to finish grew too big and it got too overwhelming. And ring that made me go, oh yeah, you're right. Like uh, in her mind, she sees every project as like a lesson that you're learning. And if you quit the project, you probably got the lesson you needed out of it. And that's what matters. I found that super interesting because I hadn't thought about things in that particular manner. And oftentimes I will start or even, you know, day job, join a project or something like that. And then I'm kind of like, eh, now I'm bored. 
Like it's no longer interesting to me. Um, yeah. And what that is, is, oh gosh, I can't remember at which point, uh, maybe I'll come up which type of scanner that was. Man, because there's a lot of info on each of these scanners. But um, yeah, you know, I think I'm, I'm just like a quick list through them at the end. Yeah. Like I really like joining projects like the these finding the scope, doing all the discovery work and stuff like that. Um, and then building, creating, designing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, uh, implementing it and then deploying. But then I just want to hand it off and move on to something else. Yeah, yeah. But I will always, each one, I will always end up doing the support, hanging on for mm-hmm. for quite a while and working it. And I'm like, eh, I don't like any of that. <laughs> so I really liked um, and how she wrote that or, uh, and presented it and that, it may be whatever the projects and right why so many pe- people feel like they are failing or they're always quitting projects or whatever. It's because we may not necessarily know of the particular things that we're interested in for that project. Mm-hmm. And we think we have to stick to the whole thing from beginning to end when we only care about the sliver. And that's the piece that excites us. That's where we do the best work and we find the rest of it to just be just utterly boring and mind numbing and it's when you learn that and you can look back and you you can look at all your projects and mark where you got excited which was you know which part of the project was the most fun for you and now you've kind of honed that in and you can seek out those specific types of uh, work or task and either delegate to someone else or structure it in a way which you can just work on those particular things. And I hadn't thought about that and I thought that was, and I really like that and how yeah, she presented that. That is a great piece of advice. She also recommends too, if you're trying to find your common interests, uh, this is a great too, is to invert that list where you write down everything that doesn't interest you. Mm-hmm. And that will give you a better idea of like what you're into. Like, uh, I guess whenever it came to making a podcast, uh, if I don't write things down, the number one thing was making graphics. <laughs> like I did a graphic design for Everyday Super Humans for its first year. They were not good. I hated them and I hid how to make them. So I eventually did uh, hire a friend of mine to make the graphics for the show. And then he also did the graphics for TPL as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in our episode description, each episode, Adam Dotson Designs. Check it out. Uh, he's a great Austin-based designer. Yeah, making a list is a great way to go about it too. Uh, she also talks about in terms of like time management, a good thing to do is to kind of like write down a diary entry for your ideal day. So like you like you write down your diary entry for the ideal day and see like which elements you could take out and put into your daily life. Because sometimes the ideal day is not 100% achievable. Like for me, I'd be sleeping till 7, work on side projects till 10, and go to work from 10 to 3, and have that uh, workout, then go, uh, then do side projects again. <laughs> That'd be the ideal day for me. Right. Sleep in t- I'm like sleeping till 11 and you're like sleeping till 7. Well, in my true ideal day, I'd be wake up at 6, but I don't want to sleep in an alarm. Oh, my so gosh. <laughs> We're the opposites, Kyle. <laughs> we definitely are. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to get my list right now. See if there's anything else in this section. This book is broken into two sections, by the way. Uh, the first section is like general tips. And the second section is uh, the type of scanners that are, that are out there. Which mm-hmm. seems like you take better notes of than I did, so I'll have you leave that section. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I I bookmarked the just the main pages. I, okay. I didn't take too okay. many yeah. notes. I highlight all the main things too. Yeah, uh, but to really go through those quickly. But uh, one thing before getting into the next thing is, she said that uh, like say if your work life isn't really working too much for you, find ways to implement your interest into the job that you're a part of. Say like yes. doing volunteer work outside, uh, like within your orientation, like. I don't know if you like writing, like writing guides for the new employees. If you like programming, maybe like develop like shortcuts for your, uh, for your fellow coworkers. Or uh, for a while, I personally was volunteering in a graffiti steering community because I have a lot of interest in street art and graffiti art. And the city of Austin at the time was trying to find a way to mitigate illegal street art and graffiti. And so I was going there with a pro art interest of uh, getting these graffiti artists the canvases that they want. Uh, without having to deface public property, and worked on that for a while, and that uh, that way I got to get I got paid to explore my interest in art and local art scenes and various other muralists across the U.S. and various mural programs across the U.S. Uh, unfortunately, though, that after about a year, that project was scrapped, 
but it was a great time. I like yeah. it so much. I even worked on it outside of work. So. <laughs> um, here's what I, I made an actual note on that section. Yeah. Um, so the note I wrote is in, in, in which she says, you know, find a way to do inter- interesting things for the company of using your skills. So I wrote, this is something that I've done throughout my career, simply doing tech support while interesting and engaging leaves me somewhat bored. I've always ended up leveraging my other skills with design or writing to literally manage newsletters, build internal websites and manage communication. So I always did a lot of that stuff and and just expanding on because that gave me interest while, you know, the the tech support while I've been in that career for so long, it's because your day varies and you're always finding a new problem to Mm. investigate to research and when you when i get too many of uh, some you're going to hit a point where right where you get the same things over and i'm kind of bored of those and i just want to move on but then you don't also utilize your other skills that you want to do so i i really have always kind of went that route in and using writing or design within my uh, career to combine that with tech that's interesting i've actually i've kind of started in a little bit too i'm Occasionally writing how-to guides in my job. Uh, uh-huh. I like that much just career writing, but uh, it's nice to do that. So, yeah, It's technical writing. Yeah. You're, you're getting into technical yeah. writing. So I don't do them enough. I should do them more, but I'm just really bad at moving myself to do it at times. So <laughs> I need to get myself like weekly deadlines. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I mean, you... And you have to keep in mind when you're doing stuff like that, you do have to switch your mindset because it's a different mindset to do that mm-hmm. type of work. And if you're in one mindset, you do kind of have to um, prepare yourself or motivate yourself, uh, if you will, to uh, switch to do that type of work. Um, I'm constantly switching between that, between troubleshooting technical skills and then trying to switch to do uh, writing or to do an analysis or or copy edit, if you will, of mm-hmm. other people's writing and work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, totally different mindsets. You need to be in a different space to do each of those things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be jarring and you may not necessarily want to switch. Um, so yeah, it can, it can be difficult. You just have to kind of, uh, that's why I use theme days at work as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, let's see, what else on here? Uh, she also talks about like the fear of not being, of getting started and getting a commitment phobia, as she calls yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, which is also a huge thing that I feel as well. So uh, she was talking about like, this is like where the day book comes in handy. Like you write down things that you interest you and you can see how much it really interests you. But she also recommends to do something called reality research, which is creating like a smaller version of the project that you're working on, like a mm-hmm. chapter for a book or an episode of a podcast. And then uh, seeing what people think about it, seeing what you think about it and see if it's worth pursuing. Don't commit yourself immediately to it. Uh, in modern terms, it'd be called an MVP minimum, minimum viable products. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, that was a great way too, because sometimes like you'd maybe just want to try it out and not actually commit to making a whole podcast about your favorite food out there. Absolutely. Actually speaking of that, someone, uh, when I used to run the Austin podcasters meetup, um, you know, someone came to the meetup and they were wanting to start a podcast, right? Obviously. And they were like, what do I need and everything? And I was like, you know, uh, here's all the stuff you need. But, you know, what most people don't realize the amount of work that actually goes into doing it. Mm-hmm. If you're depending on the type of podcast. Booting up a podcast is really hard. I, I've had ideas to start my, my another podcast, but it's just so much work in the front end. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. There's a lot of work on the front end, the planning, the scheduling, the recording and the editing and publishing. Right. There's, there's so much with it. And I was like, just rec-, and And I told her like, just record. You don't have to release it. Just do a couple sample recordings, right? Like do five, uh, a mock, and see if you like that, right? And it was a little while later that uh, we were, uh, I saw her again at a meetup, and she's like, oh, my God, your advice worked because I freaking hate podcasting. (laughs) She was like, I thought I would love it. I had this great idea. So I did. I recorded a couple sample episodes, like he said. She's like, I hated it, (laughs) hated every single moment. So 
I'm just going to enjoy listening to them. And I was that's, like, that's cool. I mean, like, and so, yeah, uh, doing something, we may actually love it, but yeah, creating a, the MVP, creating it like a sample mock product or doing a beta test, if you will, um, to see if you really like it can, can probably dissuade you or persuade you uh, to do more of it. So I, I really like that section on commitment phobia. And I, you know, like you agreed with it. And noted, you know, I sometimes I don't commit to other projects or something else because I feel like it will take me away from something else yeah, that I'm doing. I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. And of course, last year I made a big decision, right, of stepping away from the Austin Podcasters because I felt that kept taking me away from what I wanted to yeah, be writing. Yeah. And I don't regret that because I've written more. Yeah. Um, even though I don't feel like I have the output, but I've written more than I had the previous you know time when running the community so yeah really yeah uh that's that was a very interesting and illuminating section for me as well i'm out of my notes for the first half of the book the second half is any more of a i'm out of my notes for the first half of the book as well yeah nice we get to our highlights uh the next half of the book is actually where the book got drawn out which is i think where we both agree on for too long where it seems like that she had a contract for 200 pages and she wrote 100 pages of good give good advice and then yes. she's like, oh no, uh, let's see, I got, uh, I've, <laughs> I have different, there's different kinds of scanners that are different kinds of people that have different ways of explaining these interests, which is definitely true. Not everybody explores the interests the same way, uh, but it definitely felt like that drawed on a bit, but I think it's really, it was like a fun section to read. I still enjoyed it. I never was like, ah, it's dragging on, but she has a, I'm just going to read the chapter titles. <laughs> I mean, I get the table of contents open first, that being useful. She has many different kinds of scanners she has in here. The first kind is a cyclical scanner, which is somebody who has four, five, three, two, whatever, more than just one major interest in their life. And they'll occasionally drop it and they get back to it again, like weeks, months, years later. Like for me, that's typically me with like uh, programming. Like I, I pick up a lot for a while and like I get really into it for like two or three months. And then after that, I just drop it again. I think the cyclical st- scanner is actually the one that, I relate to the most. She also has she also has a double agent, which are people that have uh, two major kinds of interests typically. Like say if you're into photography and also uh, you're a professional, uh, I would say that's like not photography, like uh, we'll say professional, I don't know, I can't think of anything. <laughs> you're an accountant <laughs> who likes photography. <laughs> uh, and you might make a career out of both of them. The double agent is like uh, somebody who uh, we'll try to double down on their interests outside of work as well. So say you start a photography business outside of your accounting or you find a way to do to uh, mash them together somehow. She recommends like doing telework or which is definitely way more common now than it was at the time when she wrote this book. So I think she'd be very happy to see that. She also has a syllable, which I don't remember that one. I got that highlighted somewhere though. Um, someone that's typically surrounded by a lot of creative clutter they can't always find their materials um they feel like they need to be 5 10 20 people to do that um also it represents the largest uh group of cyclical scanners yeah cyclical scanners which, is actually a meta category for these for the double it. agent yeah. and yeah plate spinner which is coming up yeah uh after that she yeah, the plate spinner is somebody who's trying to juggle a lot of projects all at once as he did as it sounds like uh so say like you're say running a nonprofit on the side and you're working full time and you're also writing a novel, uh plate spinner is definitely of all the scanners out there, the one that needs to understand time management the most uh, the most. <laughs> so if you're a plate spinner, I'd recommend reading a lot of books on time management because that'll definitely help you out a lot. Uh or just start time tracking and time blocking, which are in previous episodes of the show. See, there's also sequential scanners, which is another meta category. Which mm-hmm. is people that do things in sequence. They they double down on something for a while, then they move on to the next thing. And she describes those as a serial specialist, which is somebody who learns how to specialize in something uh, over and over again. Like say like that they learn like they like, say like they're like a professional woodworker, and then they go like actually I want to go into programming. So then they go to a boot camp, they program for a couple of years, and they get bored of that, and then they go to teaching after that. Yeah, yeah. She actually mentions a guy who was like a successful real estate agent, I think, who after he made like a pretty big seller over, he's like, you know what, I'm tired of this. And he went to teaching. 
So uh, that is a, it's a, it's definitely something out there. People are afraid of doing that lifestyle though, because you can't really develop a career out of it and people look at you weirdly. So it's a big risk, a lifestyle to take. Uh, there's also what feels more like a subcategory of this one. I think she probably wrote this chapter for the workout is <laughs> a serial master, which is basically taking it to the next level where you invest more time and energy into mastering it versus just like delving into it, which I mean, people like want the challenge and maybe there are two different kinds of scanners out there, but this would be the Cal Newport of scanners where he's like, you should double down on your strengths. So mm-hmm. it's like the way between it. One of them after that is the jackal of trades, which is uh, kind of like a rotator. You kind of rotate through different things. You, it's like a serial specialist kind of like light. I'd recommend I'd say about that one. No, where you learn a lot of the skills that you need to do, but you never, uh, but you probably don't turn into a career. You probably right. just explore hobbies in different ways. And then there's the wanderer. Uh, these three actually should be their own category as well. The final three are the wanderer, the sampler, and the high-speed indecisive. The wanderer is just somebody who kind of like goes from one interest to the next, and they stay there for a while, and they, they're ready to pick up, and they learn what they want to learn, and they never want to return. Uh, the sampler is a lighter version of that as well, somebody who just tries out different things. Like say you just take like a month-long course on computer programming one uh, one month and the next month you read a book on how to write a play that is sampling different things out there and then you might try it out that's just kind of for people that are lifelong learners which I think is uh, definitely falls into my category as well and then the high speed indecisive is I think the quickest chapter in the book I don't remember that one that much it's basically people that change their interests a lot and it's uh, it's not a, a mentality that I have so I can't really re- relate with it but basically you're like, oh, I want to learn about this. You want to learn about this. Like you listen to like a lot of different podcasts, read a lot of different books. You're just basically a person who wants to know how the world works in every possible way. And those are the subcategories of scanners. Uh, I want to say that she wrote the section mostly for word counts and I don't want to talk to, I want to talk for her or her publisher. But she, I, like I said earlier, like I enjoyed every word on this book. So for me, I feel like that she wrote it because <laughs> she really, had like a bunch of different stories she wanted to share about her clients in the past and mm-hmm. she just wanted to share them and she broke them into subcategories. And I liked it because I just like reading about people like me, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, any thoughts in this section, Mark? Yeah, this is the section I skipped the most. Yeah, I could see you skimming through this. Like, I mean, I would just skim through it too if I didn't like how she wrote. So, yeah, yeah, it, it was, it was. Uh, I found a bit much. Again, I, I skimmed, I scanned the stories. So I was like, and eh, do I need, I'm not getting anything out of this. It's like, oh, that, that's an interesting piece um, regarding this potential person, right? And how they're using theme days mm-hmm. or for this particular, I didn't like the spy model, but uh, we can get into that. <laughs> I mean, the double agent? It was them dressing up to, to, I guess that's a way. Uh, I don't remember that one. Yeah, so she talks about these things called life design models, which uh, she, uh, there's too many of them to cover in this, I think. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I forgot. There are a one. lot. So for each of the specialist types, she designs, uh, she has an end page for each one, if you will, that designs the what she calls the life design models for that particular type of scanner. So you may look at the, let's say the double agent. So for the life of the double agent, right? Someone that wants to do two things, right? Live the life of two people, like you were saying. The professional accountant and the professional (laughs) photographer, the, the accountant that loves photography, right? The different life design models for a, a double agent could be someone that does the telecommuting model. So there was one person that wanted to, I, I forgot what, what uh, she wanted to do within her life. So she convinced her boss to allow her to telecommute. Yeah, she can work remotely out of this uh, particular location. She convinced them of the productivity that she can produce for them. And then she's closer to the other thing that she can do. Um, that she would love to do. So telecommuting, the school teacher method, right? The yeah, school teacher method. And, I, uh, uh, the host of Cortex, CGB Gray, one of those yeah. Cortex. He was a physics teacher before he became a professional YouTuber because he did a teaching job because he knew he had a lot of time off to work on side projects. Yes, which uh, yeah, that worked for him in his career. He uh, the career he wanted, which is to be a professional researcher and uh, I guess edutainment YouTuber. 
Exactly. So, I mean, for each one, there's there's different life design models, of, a way that you can structure your life, your life or your job to be able to help you be the best of your scanner category. And then she gives career choices um, such as independent work or or good enough jobs, if mm-hmm. you will, or owning a small business. The owning a small business is that I mean that. Anyway, so and then yeah, then she gives you your scanner toolkits, right? If you need a daybook or if you need your scanner daybook or if you need like a calendar poster or something else. So each one of these scanners has a life design model, uh, some career options and the toolkit to use um, to to help them be the best or do the best that they can uh, for their scanner type. For me, my life design model, I guess, is using a good enough job that's low stress so that I could uh, put a lot more mental effort towards my side projects. <laughs> that's my life design model. <laughs> also, I have a flexible time in telecommuting so I could work nine hours throughout the week and have Fridays as a side project day after I get off work. You know, that that would be, man, I guess that best. is tough. Yeah. Like, would I want a good, a good enough job? But then I wouldn't feel challenged in the day. Yeah, that definitely has a common issue with me. But right. Yeah. But then if I'm too challenged and I don't have enough energy, yep. like right, like yeah. to do what you want off on the side. Yeah. You know, if I could, if it'd be like my favorite writer, Chekhov, right? Uh, go be a doctor in a day and write at the night. Yeah. Or like other writers do, you know, they go get a hotel job or they go do something to just pay the bills and then they spend their time writing. That's difficult. I don't know. Which, it really is. Which I would it really choose. is difficult to do. And, uh, I sometimes I do think about having a more stressful job, but then I think about my first job after college and it's so stressful that I part down that much energy really for projects. So yeah, earlier in my career, it was, I had some very stressful jobs, which is why I didn't have, I didn't have any side projects or anything like that. And it's not like my current job isn't stressful, but I have since learned that my, my time cutoff is eight hours. Mm-hmm. That's what you, that's what you pay me for. Mm-hmm. That's what you get. Right. Um, so I'm not working all those crazy hours like I used to be when I was much younger, but, um, Though I still like the challenge and like using my skills. Otherwise, I would be bored out of my mind <laughs> having just a good enough. Well, it depends on what you mean by good enough. So maybe yeah. my job is good enough because yeah. I get quite the bit of challenge and I have ways to decouple good enough from is that. defined by what your standards are. So exactly. For everybody. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe I do have the good enough job. Yeah. Though, you know, maybe my best enough job would be. <laughs> I don't know, working half the time that I currently do now, actually. And then spending my time vacationing. And That's why one of my main life goals and actually one reason that I'm hanging on to this job is financial independence, which is uh, yes. uh, basically you have enough money saved up that you don't need to depend on a job to keep your lifestyle. And with my the retirement program, my job's pretty good. So <laughs> the financial independence life is my uh, goal right now. If I can do that indie author life, ooh. My okay. my ultimate goal is to get five, as I call it, uh, by forty five, and then I spend the rest of the time probably working part time at at my company or consulting company, and then spending the rest of the time doing things I want to do. So that's my that's my ideal life right now. But yeah, yeah, that would that would be nice. Yeah. See, this book got us dreaming. I know it did. And, and uh, the reason why is because all of these examples and stories are from people where I'm like, damn. I wish I had your uh, your flexibility in, in job and life. Yeah, that's why I got that's why I got scanner angst earlier this week. I'm just like too many things, too little time. I have these two immovable two immovable blocks in my life called work and sleep. And <laughs> if I could get rid of one of them, it'd be great. <laughs> you know, if we didn't need to sleep, I know. Um, I've always been against sleep, but I now appreciate its health benefits. So exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, anyways, we've kind of gone into it into a philosophical kind of therapeutic tangent. I think we should get back on track and talk about our final thoughts and review of this book. Uh, who should go first? You. It feels like I've been chatting the most. Okay. All right. uh, overall, I'm happy I picked up this book. I think it was a really well-written book. There was times out though where I'll, I'll, I'll pull up this quote I put into the Relay Discord 
which I said, refuse to choose updates because the way this book is written, there are certain parts of this book where I think the author is just going to the slip or it's going to slip into the age-old trappings of frivolous self-help advice, like just do it and everybody's special. But then one paragraph later, she gets into actual actionable advice. Uh, whenever that happens, I was like, ah, nobody could write this book uh, this long in Hamilton multiple interests. Then one paragraph later, I'm like, you fool me again, Barbara. So that's how I felt reading this book. I was like, <laughs> okay, here comes the fluff pieces. Here we go. And she goes like, okay, life to time miles. Here's some pragmatic ways to like, structure your life. I'm like, God damn it. She got me. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, in the end, I think that actually made reading the book a little bit more enjoyable for, to me. I'm just like, I was kind of looking for the part where she slips up and goes into the into the stuff she just started writing for word count, but she she mm-hmm. always found a way to recover from it. And I was like, ah, you got me. So that was my overall experience of the book. I do think that uh, the advice in the book is very actionable. It's a very surface level, but it's a good way to get your primed for looking into different things. I wish you'd provide like resources for like other books to read to learn like how to manage your stuff better. Like, hey, if you want to, I don't know, this is written during the era of getting things done. Uh, she could have run like check out getting things done for like more ways to manage your time and your task throughout the day. Uh, I think that would have been better in that case, but I think that she has a great overview of how to get started on all these things. And like any of these books, there's a lot of good nuggets in it with a lot with fluff around it, but that's just how they're written. And that's actually how you write something engaging, which sometimes people just like want to read just to get the actual advice. Uh, so that's, that's, your mileage may vary on that one. But overall, I like this book, uh, despite my sometimes issues with the language. I do think that the types of scanners kind of dragged on for a while, but I still like reading the stories of these people. So in the end, I enjoyed those sections despite that. So overall, my final review of this book is five out of five must read for people that have the, who have multiple interests in their life. Uh, the book is written in like the early era of the internet. So she uses terms like bulletin board and like she says like web email, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> As the same kind of email. <laughs> uh, I actually kind of found that charming reading that. So uh, unfortunately, if the book is updated, it would not be from her. Uh, but uh, I think the book was a fun read. I'd recommend it to people that are feeling like they have too many things on their mind that they want to accomplish. And uh, it's just a good way to get started. How about you, Mark? I, you know, and it started out rough for me and I started to really enjoy the book, um, d- despite my protestations um, uh, at the beginning. I don't hate the book. <laughs> I really actually really enjoyed the book, even though in the later sections like part two, I started to scan because uh, you know, I was I was like, eh, I just want to know the definitions, like give me the definitions and the hard examples of what I want. And I don't want to weave around into the stories because, w- you know, you won't get explicitly what is a plate spinner without getting the story yeah, yeah. interweave. And I'm like, just tell me what a plate spinner <laughs> yeah. is. I got to read two paragraphs to piece together what a, a plate <laughs> spinner is. Right. Yeah. So I got annoyed at that. But. I enjoyed it for there were a bit of revelations for me, you know, uh, and and different ways of thinking about things that I had not thought of, Mm. Uh, you know, just, you know, I'm not a quitter of or I quit the project at the right time because I got what I need out Mm. of it. I think was a good Um, that was a very enlightening thing to take away. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the idea of the scanner book. Um, And so I really enjoyed that idea and just kind of exploring to see where I may fit in the, in the type of, uh, uh, scanner mode. And even though I scanned some stories, I didn't scan all of the Mm. stories. There were some that, you know, that I fully read that I found engaging and I, and I fully read through to see how that person was able to apply it within their life and their lifestyle. And it really gives you this idea of, uh, things that you can do within your own lifestyle. And, you know, and I look back and I've done those same things. I shifted the time I start my work day, you know, because I'm more of a night owl and I stay up later. So now I get to sleep in a little bit later. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I shifted that and being able to work from home now. Well, granted, we we got that from a pandemic, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, now that does afford you to do other things or to spend some of that time to do other things. So 
there are improvements there and, and there's other things that, you know, that sparks in the mind to do. So I really enjoyed it. I think it's a book great for someone that's kind of feeling lost, kind of like I, I was mm-hmm. not wanting to commit, unsure to commit, having so many interests. I, I love the idea um, and I think I've talked about, maybe talked about on episode before, like spending a, a like a decade in a career, five or 10 years in a career and then moving on to something yeah, completely different. that would different. be ideal. <laughs> that was, that's so interesting to me. And I think that we should all be able to do that. Like just, just dip into, you know, whatever, but you know, you, you know, some people really love dipping into the, all sorts of details and, you know, I like learning about it and exploring it and doing what I can and then just kind of moving on uh, to something else and then coming back to it because I obviously enjoy that. So it was great to kind of read, hey, there are other people like that. Um, and they were also uh, following those challenges. So it's great for people that's trying to find a bit of a direction and need um, need something kind of pin and give themselves a little bit of some skills or some insight so they can that they can move forward. But I do agree, as we stated at the top of the show, the overall theme seems to be a time management, which is extremely important. But you, even though it's time management, you need to know how to best manage your time. Yep. And I think the ideas of the scanners help you kind of build that together. And then you can kind of deep dive into all the uh, the varying methods to do so. So with that said, I'll stop talking now. <laughs> Um, I will give it a four out of five. Nice. Actually, I can give it lower than how you started this review. Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it like crap. This is gonna get three or two out of five book. We have like the most controversial <laughs> rankings of a book in the show. No, no, no. I like. I really enjoy it, even though I I I started with the the criticisms at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. So I really enjoyed enjoyed it. I did bookmark it and make a lot of notes and highlight things. Uh, which is not normally something I would do. I didn't feel at once, I did not feel like I didn't want to read it Mm. anymore or that I should put the book down. So that's important. Right. That gets you done. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I normally would never read a book that I wanted to stop reading because then it's not fair to that book. And for, you know, you know, three is okay. You know, it's, it was a good book for me. I finished, I enjoyed it. Four is I really enjoyed it. There were several things that I got out of it and I had a good time with it. And five just left an everlasting impression on me. And I will definitely reread it uh, again multiple times in the future. That doesn't mean I won't reread a four. But, you know, that's that's currently where I'm at. Four out of five for nice. me on this book. So with that, Kyle, I kind of want to ask you. <laughs> yeah. What type of scanner do you think I am? Oh, what you are. Oh, uh, I don't want to know what you what you think you are. What <laughs> kind of scanner do you uh, think I, I think am? List again. I would say, <laughs> well, if you're still running the the Austin Podcasters Meetup, I would say Plate Spinner. Uh, but I think you're more into the, hmm, you're civil or double agents? I'd say closer to double agent because your aspiration is to start a publishing company. I know those aspirations are still true, but I know for a while those are your aspirations. So I'm going to say double agents, maybe triple agents because you have interesting graphic design along with editing, but I'd say along that line. Okay. How about, interesting. What about you pay on me? You think if, since I asked the question, I would have already had it, but <laughs> the question just came to me because um, I was about to ask what's next for our show. Yeah. I would, ooh, that's, um, I would say. I think initially, I think I'm kind of pulling into the Sybil. Yeah, I'm going to get the definition right now. For you. Okay, yeah. Wishing you were 20 people can name <laughs> yeah, all the projects yeah. you love to work on, interested in most of them for a long time. Would you love to finish a project before you move on to another, but you never do that? That's totally me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of where 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 I'm at. It's so tough. And she notes in there that, you know, some people are more than one. So, yeah. Are you afraid you'll never build a body of work, expertise, or a reputation? That's definitely me. Yeah, I think that's civil is definitely a good uh, call for me. So I'd put you as double agent slash civil, and I'd probably, yeah, probably go to civil for me. All right, well, there we have it. Uh, we're like all book reviews are going a bit over time, but that's natural because these books have a lot to talk about. And yes. so our next episode, uh, for those who've been listening for the past two years, uh, I guess is our anniversary month. Uh, we started in 
August of 20, I guess, 2019. And so we'll be doing what we did last August, which were we, we ranked our top three books, our top three favorite challenges and our top three or least favorite challenges. And that'll be our homework for next time is to reflect on the past year and see which books we liked over the past year and which challenges we loved and which challenges we hid. Uh, I'm yes. interested to see how this one goes. Uh, in the meantime, though, you could follow all of our previous episodes at tpl.show or theproductivitylab.show. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Productive Lab. You could follow me on Instagram at Twitter at KyleSQ9. I actually recently did a Instagram story, which I never do, and I saved it as a highlight. So if you go to my profile, you'd see a Instagram story on how I'm trying out a new way of managing my projects, which involves using a physical Kanban board, uh, but with a with a new axes to it. It's a, uh, there's a vertical axis for percent completion and a horizontal axis for priority. I'm excited to try this thing out. I think it actually fits my mind pretty well. And I've been kind of frustrated at normal Kanban boards. We might try this in the show later on, but, uh, uh, there's a thing on that on my personal Instagram and uh, where can people follow you, Mark? They can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at ask Mark Yo. That's ask Mark I O. And you can follow my blog and writings at askmark.io. All right, that's it. Until next time, stay productive. That was a good episode. Yeah, it was.